Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. There wasn't much in terms of racing as the season's finished for the for the year now, but there are a couple of things to cover. There's, of course, Extreme E and WTC as well. Um, probably our least favourite tip I've maybe uh, hastened to add. We'll, 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 we'll talk about them later in the show. We'll, we'll talk about which was the most exciting of the two least exciting motorsports that we have in the world. In yeah, our but it opinion. might be exciting for other people, but there's still in plenty tr- of other stuff to talk about as well. There's that uh, incident in, in Monaco with Perez, the crash, rearing its ugly head. Bit of BTCC news, Ferrari, are they going to change things in terms of strategy? Mud flaps on F1 cars, Formula yes. 2 testing and much more. But first of all, the hot news in the car world is it's Shivram's birthday this week. It's so Shivram's birthday. We want to wish him the happiest of birthdays. If you don't know Shivram, he does a car review channel on YouTube. Uh, brilliant stuff. And uh, we love following him. and We love his um, his motivation. and, and uh, well, yeah, what he... he's, he's a man in a wheelchair that you know, doesn't drive. He has a passion for, for sport and passion for cars. So it's a uh, happy birthday to Shivram. Yeah, happy birthday, Shivram. Many happy returns. So, we're going to go to WTCC first. Do you enjoy that, Tiff? Has it been an exciting season? Is there lots to talk well, I think about? We, I think we should go to the news. Let's leave them till later. Okay. Let's go to the hot gossip, the news, the Perez and the Red Bulls. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll leave the other things till later. Um, because the Perez things come up again. And this is only because someone tweeted that, I mean, again, so much stuff comes on the, on the internet that Perez was going to get sacked. You know, because they've signed Danny Ricardo, who I think just as a reserve driver, and I think he's going to be more of a PR man for them. I mean, Ricardo is thinking, well, I'm not going to go to all the races. I can't be bothered to do that. I want to live life a bit, you know. <laughs> so he's not really the reserve driver in the modern manner. I think he's more of PR, and obviously on on hand. He um, sells he sells merchandise. I know. And this this blogger or vlogger or whatever said, you know, that Perez was going to be sacked because of Monaco. And this is ever since, you know, the last race in, um, in Brazil, this sort of Perez deliberately crashing had come to my mind. But I hadn't really looked at it. But this guy posted the onboard of the Perez Monaco thing, which I'd never seen before. And I had, honestly, I'm not dragging this up just for the sake of it. So now unless someone's doctored the sound and doctored because it's got the throttle control and everything full on board, it's the most blatant, <laughs> deliberate spin I've ever seen in the Formula One car. I was shocked. Now, I was in Monaco at the time. I don't know whether you watched Sky. Did Sky Television, someone please tell us, did they ever uh, analyse Perez's crash in qualifying? Because in a modern Formula 1 car, it's all their talky engine, all the power. I mean, it's very much delivering the car to the apex off-throttle and then progressively opening the throttle on the way out because you've got so much torque, which will spin up the rear wheels. And the video, to look at another video as well, which had the same soundtrack as well, so I'm, I'm believing it's not doctored. You know, and the, the lap he did his quickest time, he goes into the apex and then progresses the throttle into the tunnel and disappears. Now, on the spin one, he's halfway into the apex. As this sudden blat of throttle, you hear the revs rise, the wheels spin, and he's sideways and in the barrier. Now, funny enough, it's actually a technique I use when I'm doing my Thruxton passenger rides in the BMWs. Yes, absolutely. They've Power got to, on, get, yeah, get the back so end down. I'll, I'll turn it in, I'll black the throttle, which spins up the rear wheels, gets me sideways, and then I pick up the throttle again to, to create the drift. And so I can understand Max been upset about it. And I'm, I can't believe it hadn't been more written about uh, the Monaco weekend. So I'm not trying to get up now. It's just that I hadn't looked at it before. 
And, and I just, you know... So, so I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate. If you were going to do that, if you were going to do that and jeopardise everybody else uh, beating you for the pole position, why would you damage a car? Why wouldn't you just outbreak yourself out of the tunnel? What's the next uh, little chicane, Roscoe? What's the... Yeah, well, yeah. yeah why would you not just do what Rosberg did and pretend to outbreak yourself? Because then once you're there, it's yeah. an automatic yellow flag. So... Why would you jeopardise the car? I don't understand. Well, it's only a rear wing. I mean, you knew it wasn't going to hit anything too hard. Yeah, but didn't science but hit him? Didn't science go into it? Yeah, no, very close. Maybe. Yeah, no, science hit him. Yeah, that was yeah. the extra damage. I don't know. I'm just amazed when I saw it. I just, if you haven't seen it, all I'm saying is if you haven't seen it, <laughs> go go Google and have a look because I was, I was quite shocked at how blatant it looked. But yes, well, he could have gone off elsewhere, but maybe he thought, well, Bottas has done the escape road trick and maybe I've got to do something different. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty bit extreme, but um, it's going to be interesting what happens next year with uh, with Red Bull. But Perez, I think Ricardo, as, as much as you and I both wanted him to leave and get some new blood in, Ricardo yeah. over Perez, I would choose actually, not because he's a better yeah. driver, just because he brings a bit of excitement to the. To well, the I think team. he's a better driver as well. I think he'd be yeah. nearer to, to, I don't know. And anyway, then Lando so, just, we go back to this story we've been discussing all year. Lando has absolutely smashed him. So get Lando in the seat. Well, knowing that's well that would be the best that. thing. Yeah, that would be the best thing. Lando, you know, Ferrari. My, my science is doing a pretty good job at Ferrari. So, I mean, you know, I'd, I'd keep him in, but yeah, I'd, I'd Red Bull Lando. But I think they did talk to him, but I think the, you know, the contracts were Simon McLaren a long time ago. Right. Um, good the other thing, at, Ferrari good, news. Good job at Ferrari. So, yeah. Simon yeah. and Leclerc might be doing a good job at Ferrari, but. It's fair to say not everybody is, and there's a lot of rumours to speculation as to what's going to happen. I thought he Mattia Binotto, but they talk about him resigning. Maybe they don't want to sack him. But like football managers, if you sack them, you have to pay them off their salaries, don't you? As they resign, you don't. So, but I don't know whether it's Binotto's problem or whose it is. And I suppose if you're the the head of name on the on the list, then you you have to take all the blame. But you know he's obviously got strategists, so maybe he has to sack his strategists if they're not doing a good job. But yeah, it seems to be hanging in the air, this Bonotto. It's, it's been going for about two weeks now that he's going to be resigning or sacked. Italian media so, came out uh, on the weekend and they said that it's going to happen today and he's going to be oh, sacked yeah. today, and it never happened. And it's, like, it's like football managers, just like yeah. football managers. But normally there's, in the morning. Yeah, you're right. But then normally there's no smoke without fire. He's got to go, in my opinion. He is the head. He is leading it. He's got but, his strategies and his team underneath him, but he's made a come. He's made so many cock-ups this year. That, uh... Who wants the job? Ferrari tend to put sort of insiders. So they tend to grab someone out of the car part of the family, don't they? To sort of, OK, you do that job now. They don't, they don't really sort of uh, research who they're going to get. But yeah. what about mud flaps? That was a, I don't know, a lot of fuss. I mean, I'm sure it's not April the 1st, is it? It's December the 1st. I mean, to my mind, most of that spray comes from the, from the flow under the car. Dust. I don't know how much, what percentage of the spray is off the wheels. And what percentage is spat out of the of the ground effect tunnels? Hmm. They'd look terrible, wouldn't they? They though? would look terrible, but if it means well, not yeah. having uh, it means having races and not having to call races off, like we have with Belgium a few years ago, then maybe. It's yeah, but, the, but the designers who run our sport, the flipping aerodynamicists who seem to run most teams, I mean, they, they'd be crying, wouldn't they? Imagine putting a mud guard in <laughs> with your rear wing. You know, with um, Adrian Newey's whole book is all about getting rid of little vortexes here and there. If you can get rid of that vortex and move that bit of air there, then the car will go faster. <laughs> and then you put a flipping great 
Caterham Mudguard. Not the Caterham Mudguards. I'm not trying to insult Caterham's here <laughs> at all, Paul. But putting a Caterham Mudguard over your rear wheels. Careful um, what you say because you're coming to the Caterham dinner on the 10th of uh, I know. December, that's why so I, I quickly, you get quickly backed out of that one. But I can't see that happening. <laughs> I can't. They talk about putting wing mirrors as well inside the cockpits, like the touring the sports cars have now, the screen inside. But they sort of said, there was nowhere inside a cockpit to put it. And even if you could, without a roof over the head, shadowing sunlight from behind, like looking at a phone when you try to photo, you know, the sun's behind, you can't see anything. So, so lots be, of talk about be, little things. They'll be driving saloon cars before we know it. Now we, we have the halo and then we'll have a cockpit. Yeah, no, we've got the duct over the front and we've got a little thing over the front wheel. So, yeah, they'll, they'll slowly close them in. How many more overtakes um, do you think there were this season over last season? Because I have we're... no interest. I'm sure that you're going to throw me some like your pit stop statistics. Because most of the overtakes they count is when someone goes into the pits to chase their tyres. So five people go by you. Apparently, I think, I'm not sure, they're all included in the overtakes. Uh, they're the only overtakes. So what, you, what, what are you going to tell 599 you... overtakes in 2021 and 785. So a 30, 31% increase in overtakes. But there are more races as well. So ah, that's a bit of a Mickey Mouse stat, isn't it? I'm clutching at it's got, be, it's got to be. It's not on the track. I'm sure I can't put it on the track. Yeah. When you, if they came up with how many not DRS-assisted <laughs> overtakes, it'd be about six. Yeah, but the, anyway, the, DR, the DRS number... is not... That's not a bad thing. DRS is not a bad thing. If it gets overtakes, it's well, not it's a bad stream. thing. I've now resigned myself to telling myself that all DRS is is giving slipstream, which has yeah. been taken away by the aero because cars don't have slipstreams anymore. Um, but I still think, as I said last week, they should increase it to two seconds. That uh, DRS will come into action. What do you I think? think? Please let us know in the comments below or get onto Twitter if you're listening to this on a podcast somewhere. Uh, and well, let see, us boys were testing. They're all yeah. testing last week. Were Tuesday full day testing? Then every day, all the young drivers having a crack. And and I don't know these testing times. You said if I was a team manager, like a Ferrari job, maybe. Yeah, I could. I speak a little bit Italian. Well, not a lot. Um, I would always get my drivers to put a time on the top of the board. You know, I just want a bit of team morale. And so you don't, you never know what you can read out of testing. You know, Mercedes, Lewis was 17th. Uh, their Danish junior driver, Frederick Vesti, was 22nd. And George Russell was 23rd, two seconds off the top times. Well, you know, what were they doing? McLaren didn't seem to bother with lap times either. Um, Oscar Piastri, their new kid, he was 14th, the best McLaren, Lando 18th. Um, but Ferrari took it my way. They were first, second, and third. Uh, Robert Schwartzman, who I've kept on talking about for the Haas seat. You know, I, I tweeted to the two my two favourite journalists to try to attract their attention, saying, is it the... Who are your two favourite journalists? Please tell us, tell me, us. Oh, now you've got me. Why do you ask me names I can't remember? Adam Cooper and Mark Hughes, Motorsport <laughs> and... <laughs> Cooper Man and Mark Hughes at Motorsport. Um, neither responded. Um... Because they're not your Ferrari always had Ferrari always had this allegedly this choice of the second Haas driver due to their thing. Hence, Mick Schumacher was in, and Ferrari seemed to keep faith with Robert Schwartzman. He might be in his contract. I don't know to do the Ferrari uh, testing and stuff on these occasions. He's a Russian driver that's now got an Israeli uh, license to try and open the doors. And, you know, he was third fastest. He was 0.015 of a second behind Sainz, who was quickest, with Leclerc sandwiched in between. So he's doing a great job with these tests. 
he was good in former twos and former threes. I don't know his full stats. It doesn't. It's a bit. Who knows what load they're doing, what tires are doing. You know, right there's now. a there's a guy at Caterham. I'm not going to mention him. Um, there's a guy at Caterham. Every single test day, he'll say, "I've got the lap record. I'm faster than anybody. I'm the fastest <laughs> going. No, nobody's faster than me. New lap record." And he's never qualified. I don't think he's... I think his best qualifying is 10th, maybe 15th, something like that. <laughs> Every single time. Yeah, so but, but Ferrari... Ferrari wouldn't give Schwartzman... I don't know, maybe they would. I don't know. But nobody can tell me why um, Schwartzman's name isn't... I think it's an anti-Russian thing, but nobody would admit it. Well, he looks great, doesn't so he? He's much on better the pace. He's on the I pace. Know. It's incredible, Much really. better choice for Haas. Much yeah. better future thinking. Pierre Gasly yeah. decided he'd show himself and came fourth in the Alpine. Yep. With Jack Doohan was 11th. You know, he's only 0.7 behind Gaz. He was pretty good for a rookie having a crack. Max was 5th, not bothering too much with that. Liam Lawson, their rookie, was 10th. You see, only 0.4 behind Verstappen. So Liam Lawson's going back to New Zealand saying, yeah, you know, I was only 0.4 behind Verstappen. So I think it does. I mean, the Williamses were 6th and 7th. And Logan Sargent was only 10th behind um, Alexander Albon. I think if you're going into a whole winter break, Psychologically, you know, the Williams boys are feeling a bit happy, you know. Yeah, it'd be lovely so to see Williams understand. back, wouldn't it? It'd be lovely to see so many teams come back. Uh, there's such a massive uh, discrepancy with the, the the performance of the teams. It'd be so lovely if the if it just suddenly all of a sudden bunched up. But we're not going to see that for a long time, if ever at all. They're getting there slowly. I'm always every regulation changes. They seem to get closer and closer and closer towards the end. While, while everybody gets the science sorted. Um, but it's a level playing anyway. field. It's the same for everybody, unless you're Red Bull, you spend a bit more money on your catering. But otherwise, it's a very level playing field. Yeah. Then the Formula 2 boys, whose budgets are always so expensive that young drivers can't afford to do Formula 2, and yet they had this silly last round of the championship six weeks after Monza, dragging their season out. And then they had not one, not two, but three full days testing, pounding round and round Abu Dhabi. Um, and the cost of that on their budgets, I mean, it's got to be 10, 20 grand a day probably to run a, a Formula at 2 least, team like that. At least more. It's got to be much more than that. Much more. Anyway, much loads more. of people, loads of people came out on top, depending on which day you're running on and how much fuel you're running on. And the only, the, the good news that one is Ollie Behrman, our young, and I'm convinced he's going to be a star of the future. There's another Lando. Uh, he was third in one of the sessions, just a tenth and a half slower than his uh, Prima teammate, the Finn... Um, which is the Vesti, Frederick Vesti, so who's about to start his second season. So Ollie looked really good on his debut test sessions, and I've got high hopes for him next year in Formula 2. And it gives someone Britain to chase cheer for in Formula 3. Well, and, and likewise, we want someone to come through to Formula 1 because we've got a good off the field, but you want to keep the conveyor belt going, the sausage machine going of uh, new talent coming through. Science out, Behrman in. A couple of years' time. <laughs> He's a Ferrari Academy. He's a Ferrari Academy kid, so he's got he's got the Ferrari help. Well, don't forget Callum Eilat as well. He's there in the wings. Yeah, they never bring you back. That's the tragic thing about you know once you're stuck out on a limb. Yeah. Although having said that, you know Nick De Vries, you know had a good run as well. He was quite well up there in the, the testing. It's good to see he has come back from from the wilderness. Um, also back from the wilderness in World World, World Rally. Good news for Craig Breen, who we talked about last week when being dropped by Ford. Uh, he's back to Hyundai. Um, only a shared driver with Danny Sordo. So he's only doing sort of half a season, but at least he's got his place back. Um, of course, Octanic left that, left that team with the finished driver. Esapaka, Esapaka Lappi, who was with the part season with Toyota last year, 
He's got the full-time seat with Hyundai that Tanak had left. And we're all waiting and hoping that Tanak will be in the Ford team because they're now they're lacking a leader, a team leader. Um, but nothing's coming up from there. Uh, there's no room, though, anymore in the, in the Toyota for Oliver Solberg's been dropped. He was a bit like, you know, he's always the son of um, Petter, world champion. Yeah. And he, he was a bit like the son of Mick, Mike, Michael Schumacher, Mick Schumacher. And he's, he, he crashed a bit too much mid-season. And uh, sadly, he's been left out. So quite a bit of changing of the seats in rallying, even though there aren't many of them to change. Yeah, so there's few and far between uh, OEMs in World Rally now, yeah. isn't there? Moving forward, well, as well. I mean, Ford aren't even confirmed to be back. I don't think. I'm presuming they are. I haven't read anything, but uh, well, it's, it's, a, very, it's a, very quiet in the Ford yeah, world at the moment. It's a bit like BTCC. People dropping out, and things are changing, and teams are, are changing. It was news today. News yeah, today. Yeah, the Sisley Motorsport after ten years, it's a family-run team. The Morgan family, who sponsors his son Adam Morgan, one of the front runners, a winner this year at Thruxton. Um, they ran BMWs last year and they've announced today that they're, they're dropping out of BTCC. And you worry there that the budgets are going up and up and up. Uh, I don't think the hybrids has helped them at all. I think it hasn't made the racing any better. And it's put the prices up. It's put weight on the cars, which stresses all the components and wishbones and everything else falls apart quicker. So um, you do worry that BTCC's bubble could burst, but with Sisley going out, which is a great shame. Yeah, it is. Big shame. Um, but I, I, yeah, the hybrid thing has got to happen, hasn't it? Sadly, it's got to happen because what's well, only for a... political reasons. It hasn't, well, no, hasn't because got to happen. It well, hasn't got to happen. They're not just going to. to make internal combustion just for a bunch of BTCC drivers, are they? They're not going to have just massive make a racing engine. There's a racing engine. They've got their Toker engine, which you can buy off the shelf. And I guess globally, it, I mean, we're we're at the forefront of endorsing this ridiculous EV only thing by 2030. Um, but uh, other countries aren't. So, you know, they're, no. they're still going to manufacture the engines in other countries, for other countries as well. They have changed beaters. They've got a bit more boost. I don't they got little. They've got, they got the tyres back again, the, the quick tyre and the slow tyre, trying to mix it up a bit. But um, I do slightly worry that budgets are going too high in British touring cars. Because was it always a series that kind of anyone could aspire to get into? It was... It, no, it was not really. No, not in the mid-90s. You know, it was... <laughs> big mega budgets, you know, with 10 manufacturers employing two drivers each and three drivers. You know, it was a wonderful series in the, in the super touring era uh, when more manufacturers were selling straightforward, you know, front-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, normally aspirated uh, touring cars. So, Best BTC driver of all time? Oh, I can't tell. It might be someone. I don't want to give anyone a bit of a boost up, you know. <laughs> Would it be Plato? Has he won? Has he had the most wins? I don't know. Wins? He's had the most wins, but he he won a lot of races during a very easy period when it all fell apart. It was post Super Tour. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It was only him and Ivan Muller winning every other race. I mean, Jason's obviously right up there. Yes, you know, Turk. Alan Menu, Menu, Turkey. Turkey's more of a modern era. I think it's very hard to compare. Um, the 90s super touring drivers where there were many more professional drivers but it was really high quality of drivers whereas nowadays you know there's half a dozen really good drivers and a lot of you know average drivers buying their way in um, so I don't think the talent is as strong or the competitions are strong in the last five or ten years at the head of the field Ash Sutton um, he's, he's, he's got to be one of the best well, yeah, Ash, yeah, yeah I mean he would have been sensational but that's what I mean there's only about half a dozen 
Paul O'Neill. Paul O'Neill's got to be the best ever, surely. <laughs> oh, he's... <laughs> he's the most likable ever, the most entertaining ever. I'm sorry, Paul, you're not, not quite on the hot shot list of my hot shot lists. Okay, let's talk about. I mean, hot Steve Soapy, yeah, Steve Soapy, John Pellin, yes, great. Um, so that was all the news. Any more news or gossip did you pick up this week? No, I, all all I've got to report on really is um, Extreme E and WTCC. Yeah. So well, that was last. You... Well, that was last. That was the competition. I watched them both. Which entertained me most? Do you think out of Extreme E or the British, the World Touring Car Cup? I think Extreme E. It did for TV. It did. It yeah. did. I mean, although it wasn't on TV, I think the highlights might... It was on Discovery Plus. So I was trying to find out where to watch it. It sounds like one of our TV shows. Yeah. Where is it? Tucked where away, is like, somewhere. Anyway, I got it on the internet, on, on Extreme E, on their YouTube channel or whatever it was. Um, and it was the Energy X Prix from Uruguay. I think it was, it was highlighting sustainable mining. What In a fact, load all of it was, All it was was... And the people from South West England would have loved it because it was just simply grass track racing. <laughs> it was just a blooming great field with, of course, grass track racing. We slowly turned to dust racing. Um, so, yeah, I'm not quite sure where, the, where the mining came in. Well, loads. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I'm still, the trouble with Extreme E is, A, the, the teams and the names that are thrown at you like machine gun bullets from the commentators. I'm sorry, Andrew Coley and, and Jenny Gale, um, you might be told to commentate like that, but you you just you just try to kill my ears. I just sort I of don't my mind ears. It. I don't mind it. It takes my <laughs> mind off what and it's and you know there's there's all the X's. You know it's 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 RXR against X forty four with Science XE and X Site team and and then of course you've got one driver in and then you can't remember who the co driver is for that and everything's unbelievable and wow and look at that and and they they got to take a we know they've got to overtake. That's what racing is. Don't shout in my ear. They need to overtake. Oh, it's exhausting commentary. It's exhausting. But, but I, I think the whole thing, you know, Carlos, no, no Carlos, what's his father's name? Um, what's his Carlos Sides. Senior Sides. and Junior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carlos Sides. They're yeah, both yeah, Carlos. Of course. <laughs> I had your disease there, forgetting your name. But look, he's a phenomenal driver, one of the best ever drivers, rally drivers of all time. But you, he, he, you're, you're still a phenomenal driver, but you're not going to go and racing the top pinnacle of racing now. Well, it's the rallycross boys, the quickest drivers are the Rad, the Hansons but, but and Tiff, the Exactly, exactly. But he's uh, an older gentleman. Yeah, yeah. So it, it just, it, it almost um, takes a little bit away from the from the whole thing and from the other competitors as well, because he's not going to be as competitive as the younger no, guys. No, I mean, they are spectacular, these beach buggies. I mean, you know, they're fun to watch. I always say with motorsport, if a car on its own going through a corner is exciting to watch, then it's a good formula. And, and that to me is one of my... Yeah, I And agree. those buggies, they are good. I mean... They, they look were, amazing. They were rolling over like pins because, of course, you know, as soon as the, the, the grass track rut. got... Yeah. Ruts came in, you know, three of the women went over in, in the uh, qualifying stages, barrel rolling over and didn't, over. Didn't you do that once at JK's place or something, Jamiroquai's place? Yes, yeah, so that was just a that was a little buggy thing. Yeah, I did a but You roll. get a rut. You, the wheel goes and they got massive big chunky tyres, so you get yeah. in a rut and then it... Over, over it goes... Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's all, it's all spectacular, but apart from the commentary, which drives me mad. But the only reason why it got exciting was it all came down to the grand finale as to who was going to win the championship because the R-E-R-X, R-X-R, the Rosberg X Racing, which has won the last two years, I think, they led the points by quite a long way. But um, Michaela 
Arlen Kotlinski, uh, who was the co-driver in the RA. She, had, she was one of the three women to roll in the qualifying, which put them on the back foot. They didn't qualify the semi-finals. They then got into the crazy race, which we all call the last chance race. It's much simpler, last chance race. Stop it. Well, they had to win, uh, and they didn't win the crazy race. So they weren't in the final. So they had a very healthy points lead, which meant that X44, Hamilton's team, uh, just had to finish third to um, to win the championship. So it was quite intense, the final, because Seb, Sebastian Loeb, the driver, you thought you got the best man at the wheel. Um, but, of course, he doesn't race that often against these rallycross nuts. And uh, he got barged out at the second corner a bit and dropped to fourth. And then by the end of the day, the dust was getting worse and worse and worse as the track dried out. And at certain sections, he just couldn't follow close enough, which annoys me again about the stupid thing of, of the racing. So he couldn't get back to the third place they needed. That's what they frustrates me as well. They, they then go into the, the switch. It's pit lane to you and me. Switch, the switch. Oh. A lot of commentary mm-hmm. on the switch. And now they've got to change drivers. They've got to open the door. and They've got to put the seat in. Yes, I can see that. I know that. And they've got to check. They've got to put the belts on. When you're watching pictures of motorsport, as I was told by a producer, I work with Murray Walker, there are times when you have to say, let the pictures do the talking. We all know we're watching a person changing driver and putting a seat in and putting bell. Don't keep shouting at me what's going on. You can, you, you can say it in a nice oh. way, can't you? You can say, and, and for those who don't know, this oh. is the part where you do A, B and C. But well, you yeah, can, but they repeat. It's not exciting. It's not exciting. It's one comment to the other. It just goes from collie to gal, from collie I to gal. I love gal. I love Jenny. She's a lovely lady, but I thought, oh, it's just assaulting my ears. <laughs> tell me, tell me below if I'm wrong or right. Tell me, let's have some comments. He's, he's, he's um, been grumpy. He's been very so grumpy. Anyway, tell him below he's been very grumpy. So, Christina Gutierrez, who was also one of the women that rolled in, in the in the qualifying, was now going out in fourth place in the X44 Hamilton's team, having to try and get that third place to win the win the championship. But she couldn't do anything about it either. And was heading for fourth. So now the uh, RX are the Rosberg team sitting in the pits watching. We're all thinking we're going to win it again. We're going to win it again. But all of a sudden, again, the penalties. This is the other problem with um, Extreme. I know we have to have penalties, but it just they seem to be non-stop in Extreme. It was announced that uh, the Andretti team had been speeding in the, in the switch zone, speeding in the pit lane. And were given a seven-second penalty, which promoted Gutierrez to third. And they won the championship. So it was tense and exciting, but decided by a pit lane speed infringement. Mm, very exciting. Say so it was went, went down but, to the wire. Have you I mean, got any desires, things... desires to travel to Uruguay after watching that? No, well, I, I don't know any more about sustainable mining because I fast forwarded through all those bits. Just but it's lucky race. You, you wouldn't be able to travel anyway because it, it would affect your carbon footprint as well. So, well, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know where it's going there were supposed to be spectators there I couldn't see any spectators there were any because uh, that's the other thing about this sport so there's no spectators it's not on mainstream television in Britain I don't know where it is on television you have to go and search for it there are lots of great names involved you know Hamilton and Rosberg and Loeb and Sainz and it, it is spectacular but it's so short sharp and crazy and roll they, they do roll over those things they do don't <laughs> they they're quite <laughs> scary so if that so didn't that, float your boat and didn't get you excited... No, it did. Well, it, did. I mean, it entertained because that battle for the championship was quite tense and exciting. So, you know, I, yeah, it was good. It was all right. 
Good. World and it's always got to be male, female, hasn't it? It's always got to be a pair. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. quite fun. We had Katie yeah. Mannings. In fact, she might have been the one that was speeding. I don't know if it was the one speeding out, which was Katie and then Dretti got or her teammate who drove in, who was name I forgot. Um, Katie, of course, a great star of that series. Normally, so it's, dri- yeah, normally the- it's driving in, isn't it? Because you, you break too yeah, late. Yeah, they had to break too late and, and overshoot. But, you know, you see them purring in at slow speeds. You know, yes. And that pit lane, what is it, the safety zone? No, that mission zone. control, mission control, empower your engines. Oh, that's, but that, that's, that's too long oh. as well. You've got this huge area. For those of you who haven't seen it, you've got this huge <laughs> switch zone, pit lane, whatever they call oh, it, the area. And it goes on and on and on. <laughs> anyway, it's a good thing. So, yeah, the World Touring Car Cup, yeah. I think, thankfully, came to an end forever, hopefully, uh, unless they come up with a better formula. Uh, they went out to Jeddah to the Saudi uh, Grand Prix track. They used half the Grand Prix track. Awful, boring, dull, featureless track. But you never knew where they were on the track. There's huge effect. There may have been some people, spectators, but they put the grandstand, I think, on the start finish. There might have been about five spectators there. Um, the championship was decided the day before in qualifying. Now, I haven't bothered to read the rules and regulations. Somehow, Mikel Azcona, the Spanish kid, um, it is Hyundai won the championship after qualifying somewhere. He didn't qualify on pole, so it wasn't the maybe they had points in qualifying. I don't know. So he won the championship, and Hyundai won the championship. Given our but, reviews of of the last the, the only two races last weekend, I can now start to understand why we never ever get invites to these uh, events or any <laughs> events. Actually, we tell the truth. We well, tell the truth. I, and I think. Hopefully, people cars. enjoy that. Yeah, you would not have flown out to Saudi to watch fifteen cars that all look identical. You, I could only, I have to look at the grills to see if it's an Audi or a, or a Audi or a Hyundai or a Honda. The three cars involved because they all look about similar. The, the, it's processional racing in a straight line. They just queue up, and it's just. I mean, the only overtaking happens with contact every time. I mean, the commentators were doing a good job. There was. Um, I said, Tom Gable, Matt Neal, Matt Neal was out there trying to spice it up. You know, every commentator now when the racing is done, they always wear tyres. Tyres are going to degrade. They're going to use their tyres. They're obsessive. The only way they could think it, or, or brakes apparently were overheating in Saudi. We were also excited that maybe they'd run out of brakes. And only towards the end of the first race did anyone try to overtake anyone else. And they just closed the door to these concrete walls now. They just, you can be half alongside. And the car in front will just close the door until you're hitting each other. They can then hold opposite lock with the front wheel drive while being hit and escape the corner still in the lead. There wasn't a single overtaking manoeuvre that didn't end up in contact. And it's just banger racing to my mind. Yes. Stock car Um, racing, banger racing. Ridiculous. And in fact, it's an insult to stock car racing, banger racing, because those boys have brilliant races. Yeah, girls, I mean, call, quality drivers, the money spent on the cars are real high tech. You look inside the cockpits before they head off, and it's, it's amazing money spent. Um, but that championship has, has gone. I mean, you know, Touring Cars World Championship to me was three hour races, two drivers, four Capris, Mustangs, you know, powerful cars. Uh, Rob Huff, though, the only British driver, he won the, te- the, um, the Privateers Championship, eighth overall in the driver's table. So, congratulations to Rob. Rob's a wonderful charge. He'll race anywhere, anything. So, he went out to Macau again. So he won more races than Macau than anyone else. And I think he managed to get a seat in a Chinese touring card championship or something and managed to win another race. So Huffy was uh, one of the stars. And he finished fourth, I think, in the second race. Who was the also, best driver you've ever raced or knew of that never went on to do anything big? Oh, now you're you doing that you to me again, aren't you? Go on. Well, obviously, put you on the spot. 
Well, my old mate Jeff Lees was should have gone on the bed. He was really quick. He was yeah. probably one of the quickest drivers. I mean, he did do a couple of Grand Prix, but I think he was underrated. But he was and, like a garage mechanic from Atherton, so it probably worked against him. Okay, that's the, it, it just shows you do need a little bit of luck as well. You obviously need an immense amount yeah. of skill, but the amount of people that actually make it in the big time. And finally, switch off now if you're not interested in football. Prediction for the World Cup, because the World Cup is in full swing. Oh no, It's all up, upstairs and downstairs, isn't it? Well, the, the, the finals, the day for our next podcast, will be after the finals on Sunday, is it? No, I think. the week after. No, still two weeks to go. Because oh, I'm going next week. Now. Really? Hi, two hi and I, if you're listening to this, just drop me a quick message. I need to have a chat with you. <laughs> Been invited out there, Tiff. Well, no, next week's much more important. It's the Autosport Awards. On Sunday night, it'll be announced whether it was um, Ollie Behrman, who I think must win. He actually came second last year. When they, they don't put first second. Before. He was beaten last year by Zach O'Sullivan. Zach had a good season in Formula 3, but not in a good as team as Ollie. But now Zach is in the Premier team that Ollie was in. So hopefully this year we're going to have Zach O'Sullivan winning the Formula 3 and Ollie Behrman winning Formula 2, or probably not winning it first season rookie, but going to be up there. So yeah, Ollie Behrman, I think, must win it unless something went wrong. Jamie Chadwick has another attempt. So they got her into another Autosport Award. The GB3 champion, Luke Browning, he's got his first Autosport Awards. He's in the in the running. And also Louis Foster, who made the interesting choice to give up on Grand Prix dreams and go IndyCar, went over to America, having done um, Formula 3 last year, wasn't it? And did and won the Indy Pro 2000 Championship. So um, good luck to Louis. He's gone that way. So, um, yeah, Autosport Awards, World Cup going on. Nobody seems to be dominant in World Cup. I've no idea. There's bound to be and, a little bit of gossip, a few rumours. We'll stir a few bits and pieces up as well. We can, so we can do it. We can do a season review. When are you going out? Are you going out to watch which which days? Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, tag your sponsor, Lucky Supercars. <laughs> He's my sponsor. So uh, I'll have to ask him. But I think for, for five days, hopefully, four days to hopefully get the England game, if England should happen to get through their group because they're making hard work of that. But we don't want to bore you with football. Motorsport podcast. Thanks for joining us. And we will Talking of overtaking, just quickly, if today yeah. you go on Twitter, I retweeted, there's a magnificent last few laps of a mini Miglia race from mid-90s around Castle Coombe, where they're side by side everywhere. They don't touch a single time. Yeah, you look at any modern-day front-wheel drive, it's but just bashing into it. You do see you that just... often at, at um, Goodwood as well, don't you? In that type of racing, they have incredible... Yeah, and you really don't hit super, each other because yeah. you know that it could be a big crash and your car is quite fragile and you could get hurt. And, and I, now I the know... way drivers... The drivers just will close the door. And they'll it shouldn't just be allowed. Them. It shouldn't be allowed. But they're, they're... And they go down the straight scene. They deliberately bang the car next door in the straight to say, I'm not giving in, I'm not giving in. That's... I know, I know Caterham gets a bit of a bad rap sometimes with, with the amount of accidents because I seem to attract it. But That's just because it's got amateurs that don't know what they're doing, that lose control. Yeah, That's but, why. But, but, but there is proper wheel-to-wheel, and there's a lot of respect know, as well. So there's, a, there's proper, proper wheel-to-wheel, bumper-to-bumper. I remember is... standing with you, actually, on the entrance to Russell Corner when we saw the finale of the other group in Caterham. Yeah. The most magnificent battle for the lead. And over to every time they go into Richie's Don't get me started, because so... that was with my ex-girlfriend, Katie. I can't, on that oh, note, we've got to go. Oh. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>